Hello and welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast. We are from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church with five locations in Utah. Each week, we will be hearing from our lead pastor, Paul Roby, and others as we explore what it means to be fully delighted in God and how we help as many people as possible experience this at SMCC. This is the Fully Delighted Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam, and I get to serve as the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church, and I'm so excited that you are here joining us today. We've got a lot to talk about today, and uh, just really excited for, for our guest that is on uh, for this episode, as we have this episode and then one more episode for the season coming out, so make sure that you're staying subscribed on um, whatever service you're on, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or, or Google Podcasts. I uh, would love to have you. Um, subscribe so that you, you get that notification when it comes out. Um, just as well, we love to have people leave a review. And I wanted to read a review that we got um, just this last month that I really, I thought I thought was great. Um, I'm glad that people are you know leaving reviews like this. And we have other ones, but this one really stood out to me. Uh, the title of this review is Love This Podcast. Five-star review. Thank you for that. Um, and, uh, and, and this person says, I listen to this podcast on my way to work and I love it. Which, by the way, that's when I listen to like basically all my podcasts. Yeah. Um, she says, thank you for keeping this going. My favorite part about it is how open and transparent everyone is. And I really do think that's what we want to do just overall is uh, to have open and transparent conversations, not just on this podcast, but even at church um, and groups from from the stage. So yeah. thank you for that. So just that's super helpful. So if you haven't already, go ahead, pause this podcast right now. It'll take 30 seconds to do to leave a review. And that is a huge help to us. And also, if you thought that this episode or a previous episode would be helpful to a friend, make sure to share it, text it, email it put on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, Instagram, whatever you want to do, and uh, allow somebody to, to come in and uh, to, uh, to take a listen. So thank you for that. Uh, as I said, we do have a, a guest on today, as we've been doing in Season 4, having different staff on the show uh, for Season 4. And today we have Ben Roby on the show. Ben, welcome to the show. Yeah, what's up? Welcome. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Welcome to me, I guess. Welcome to <laughs> you. That's right. Yeah. Glad to have you on. Now, Ben, um, not everybody may know, um, one, who you are. <clears throat> they may know your last name, maybe, because of Paul Roby. Um, but you <laughs> serve at the Draper campus as the what worship arts director, I think is what that's, whatever. Yeah, you know, man, the title like has changed so much. Like, yeah, I, I like to tell people I, I do music, I do video, mm-hmm. I, um, all, all those things, production stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I sure do love just ministry in general. I sure do love just doing church and... Yeah. Here, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love to have you on and been looking forward to this conversation. Um so it's interesting, you know, I was thinking even before we get into our topic today like if I'm a listener, I'm thinking okay, so here's Ben Roby. Uh Paul Roby came to start this church I think it's 23 years ago now, if I'm not mistaken. It's 23 or something like that. Uh 1998, 23. That's right. 23 yeah. years. Yeah, okay, I got that. Um so I mean your dad is uh, the lead pastor and so that could that could be a lot of different challenges or that could be a lot of different um just things that one you have to to work through as well um cuz you were about how old when you guys moved to Utah I was 11 when we first okay. when we first moved So you Utah. remember moving to Utah Oh I remember every little bit of it yeah I remember yeah. uh you know we came out <sighs> I'll, I'll try to do the abridged little yeah, version. Yeah, give me a little story. something. Yeah. We came out originally, you know, to kind of scope it out. And we met with the McKinney's, Scott McKinney, Pastor Scott McKinney. He's down in, in Provo at Center okay. Point Church. Love love those guys. Scott and his family uh, were some of our only friends when we first came, you know, and, and they were so great to us. We hung out with them. Seem, seems like a lot, but, uh, we, you know, we prospected out and, and stuff. And Scott told my dad, hey, I got a, a town with your name on it. Uh, called Draper, Utah. So I remember, um, you know, for months having people, I just told the story the other day, I had, we had people over at our house for dinner for months and months, um, and hearing my dad cast the vision at the, around the dinner table mm. when I was, you know, 11 years old, right. really, uh, you know, whether I liked it or not, helped me understand <laughs> why, right. why we were going to Utah, like what it was for. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that was a huge gift to a kid, to mm-hmm. like to think missionally, you know. Right now we're on our like prayer um, devos. Mm-hmm. We're in our two weeks of of, of prayer devotionals as a mm-hmm. church. And Pastor Kyle Davis talking about 
uh, well, actually, Kyle Henderson's talking about missions today mm. and uh, how missions are just like a daily kind of thing. And no. that is a that that couldn't be more true of like how we how you know the the air that we were breathing when we came out to Utah. It was just so easy to think missionally. Yeah. Um, not only not only was a it a new place, but I knew zero people. Yeah. And uh, and everyone I knew believed something different than I did when I got yeah. to elementary school and stuff. Um, so it was like brand new, brand new place, brand new people, didn't know anybody. And when I knew them, they believed something completely, completely differently which, than I did. Which for maybe where you grew up or where maybe even a listener grew up, let's say they grew up where my wife grew up most of her life, like in Georgia, yeah. for instance. That's not really necessarily always the case. Uh, you might have grown up around yeah. people that believe very similarly to you or maybe in bakersfield that was the case for for part of your life too a hundred percent yeah bakersfield is like on a belt like the end of the belt is the buckle everybody calls bakersfield the belt buckle of the, yeah, of the, of, of the south yeah. yeah okay it's like the it's like where, where it kind of all comes to a head is the mm-hmm. belt buckle and there's just a um, a large christian population that comes with its wonderful you know benefits and generational health mm-hmm. and it comes with its um, destructive qualities of like yeah. Just being casual with your faith and not mm-hmm. um, not knowing what it's like to live a fully devoted, fully delighted life for Jesus. Yeah, so. right, right, right. Yeah. So then, um, so basically, your history is you moved here. Obviously, with your parents, you're 11 years old. That's right. <laughs> they, they drove. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> now, when you got out of high school, I mean, did you really think like right off the cuff? Like, I think people can assume things, right? They can assume, well, you're the child of a pastor so you know it's ironic so when i'm getting like my haircut or something to ask me what do i do for work or tell my work at a church and one of the yeah. first things they usually assume is oh was your was your dad like a pastor like they assume it's this generational That's like so thing fun. like so if your dad's a pastor you're a pastor you know um yeah, was yeah. that was that the case for you the family business quote yeah unquote, right, right, right. The family business. yeah yeah you were probably you know you oh, were being man. groomed to, to take over after I, your father obviously i can't stand that for, first yeah. of all I, that stuff is so um annoying to me yeah <laughs> but um uh, yeah, that is a, you know, let me start with this. Like in high school, I was a fraud, you know, mm. I, I, I pretended to be a Christian in high school and I think this is pretty normal. Like I, first of all, you know, I wanted to make my dad proud. I want to make my, my family sure. proud normally. Yep. yep. And, uh, but I didn't really understand what it meant to follow Jesus. I mm-hmm. I wasn't intentionally doing that. I was intentionally trying to be evangelical and like mm-hmm. and like you know share the gospel, even though I didn't even know I followed it. Sure, it, it was sure. a weird and and hypocritical season, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So, you know, along with a pornography addiction, along with um, trying to benefit from uh, my dating relationships sexually mm-hmm. uh, that was like a, a season of just total hypocrisy lying mm-hmm. lying to a lot of people so yeah. oh man it's funny to say like oh you're a pastor you know think of, thinking back on high school when i think back on high school i think about it, it's it's some dark times for me sure even though it was um an exciting time for the church for our for our church for smcc sure it was just booming um, you know, I was trying to figure out what it meant to be a pastor's kid, even like yeah. there was no examples around me of pastor's kids. Right. That's yeah. You didn't so just weird. have like the club of like other pastors. It's just kids. me and my yeah. brother out there yeah, freaking, yeah. <laughs> trying to, <laughs> trying to figure this, you know, stacking chairs all week. That's right. what I remember the most, just yep. chair stacking. There's so many amazing memes That's about p- being a, a pastor's stacking. kid or a pa- or being a ministry 101 is stacking chairs. A hundred percent. They don't yep. teach you that in seminary, but nope. gosh dang, you're going to learn yep. right away. Um, so yeah, high school, it's hard not to, or it's hard, I can't say enough how wonderful my parents were, mm-hmm. putting no pressure on me. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just like the church, just inviting me to next steps, mm-hmm. uh, my own personal next steps as, as a kid, mm-hmm. just like we do at SMCC. Um, and I basically abused that freedom mm. as a high school kid sure. and not till I was 19 did I become a Christian and say I'm I'm going to actually make decisions to follow Christ mm. instead of uh, just claim the benefits of Christianity or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you asked about being a pastor's kid but I think that's kind of what people might want to know more is like sure. what's it like to feel pressure as a pastor's kid? You know, it's like mm-hmm. one of two roads. It's like you're the goody-goody kid who yep. who 
you know, doesn't watch Simpsons or whatever, yeah, or you yeah, don't yeah. watch it like Rugrats or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so Rugrats, tame, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and that certainly wasn't me. Uh, I, my parents, you know, obviously restricted some normal things from me, mm-hmm. but I sought them out regardless. Yeah. I was just total rebel in high yeah. school, and you know, there's gonna be some people who listen to this who know, who've known me for 15 years, who were like, mm-hmm. hey, like. Hopefully they say you've changed. <laughs> yeah, right. right <laughs> if they right. don't say you've changed, there's something very wrong. But I think um, being a pastor's kid, yeah, there was a lot of questions from my student friends, you know, all my mm-hmm. peers and stuff. Very curious. A lot of them didn't know what being a pastor was. And to describe a pastor was unique for them. Right. So they're like, well, the question definitely came up. So are you going to join the family business? Like, right. Kind of thing, you know? Exact words, yeah. And I was so... Um, turned off by that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did lead a lot of worship in junior high and high school, and mm-hmm. kind of like developed my my uh, skills on you know there, and tried to represent Christ well and my family well, even though I had again I just didn't even know what I believed one hundred percent. I was just kind of kind of trying to behave before I believed. Yep. Is which is kind of weird. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, but yep. um so I did kind of backwards, but there was some discomfort there. Yeah. Sure. It's interesting that you talk about that you said these exact words, you know, kind of almost if you're a pastor's kid at some at some point in the, you know, your young life, you're gonna come into a fork in the road and both can be equally as destructive. I've thought of it like this, you know, you're a pastor's kid, you're either gonna be you know, the goody two shoe, you're gonna be the one that is always following the rules. You're gonna and 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 uh, judgmental, like, by the way. Yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. You know, it's this life of well, I've chosen to to understand my identity and who I am as being perfect, as being always right, as being um, the one who doesn't mess up, right? And that will eventually crush you. You could go the other way, you could be super rebellious. Yeah. You know, I don't want anything to do with this. Um, and that can be crushing as well of just like saying, Hey, I'll, you know, these things I'm just gonna abandon it it all and for the good and totally. the bad. Um, so it's interesting to hear that. Um, I think that people do really go one of the, down one yeah, of those Yeah, let me say roads. one more thing. Uh, I just, I really want to make sure, like, <clears throat> it's hard to give people a window into uh, my upbringing, you know, mm-hmm. because it's so unique as a as a pastor's kid. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, like, glamorize it or anything like that. Uh, but my parents um, just crushed it. They did such mm-hmm. a good job of not... Again, not pressuring me, but there was so much um, lived out gospel influence. I was just talking about this mm-hmm. last night. Somebody staying at my house about how modeling is so much more important than like describing yeah. as a parent. Like yep. you, it's like do as I do. Like mm-hmm. you can watch me. Yes, um, you know, so much more is taught, or so much more is caught than yes. taught. Is Andy Stanleyism? You know? Yes, yes. And man, that was my. That was my parents 100%. Like, I look back now, you know, I'm 32 now. I look back, I'm like, I would never have listened to some of these things that I've learned. I was in one ear, out the other, too, you know, too um, authoritatively averse. Like, I can't, I, I have like a problem with authority. <laughs> so, like, I just can't even, I can't even hear it but I can watch it and decide on my own. That's a good idea. Yes. And, des- and, yes. and live it, you know? So it's, I watched a lot. Yeah. It's, it is cool. And, and I, uh, you know, I obviously don't uh, claim to know, you know, what it was like to be raised by your parents. Sure. I do um, have dinner with your parents, you know, occasionally throughout the year yeah. and talk with them. You guys and, are friends. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. I'm, I would say I'm friends with Jenny and Paul and, uh, you know, we, Mary Beth and my wife uh, and I talk to your parents a lot about parenting and just hearing the things that they say, boy, if your parents could do a parenting seminar, uh, like yeah. genuinely, I, I was like, I think this would be so helpful. No, I agree. They're, man. they're just, they're really great people. Um, and it's so important, like you said, to model it. Um, yeah. Me and Mary Beth have talked about that too. When one day we want to have kids. Um, yeah. We can't just say things. We can't just talk the talk, but we want them to see what that looks like to be fully devoted and fully delighted. So excellent. Well, thanks for sharing all that. And now, you know, fast forward the tape and and you're here now. (laughs) Yeah. Now I'm here. Now I'm here. So excellent. (laughs) Um, so, you know, today, you know, it's, it's ironic. Um, we've had different staff on, um, on the season so far and, uh, I'd talked with you, you know, it was Wednesday or Thursday of last week and just said, hey, let's get you on. Let's make sure that you're on the schedule because yeah. I, I, you were on the list. And I was like, let's make sure we get you on. 
And I thought it was so funny because I was like, Ben Ruby of all people is not going to be the one that's like, you know, asking me like, what should I, what should we talk about? You know, I'm like, Ben, Ben is going to have things to talk about. Uh, but we, we, I talked with Eric, talked with you and um, I love what, the subject that we're going to be talking about today. Cause I would say for people our age, this is a really important conversation, but I mean, by our age, people in their thirties and their twenties um, right now, this is a huge topic um and it's and it may not even be some of the the, the touchy topics that people think that we're going to talk about but this is a you know 30,000 foot view <laughs> people's minds are racing right now I know they're like what is he going to say, gonna say? <laughs> um you know one of the things that that we want to talk about today is this idea of of a world view and how that you know then affects people and and and, and all these types of things but i just want to yeah. ask you know when when i was talking with eric when i was talking with you and uh, talking about what do what is the, the the subject that really we can we can you know kind of break down a little bit worldview did pop up, mm-hmm. and that is something that I know that you know you've thought a lot about you talk about with people a lot. Can you just give people? Let's just assume you know for some of our listeners they don't even yeah. know what a worldview is. What does that term even mean? It might be thrown around a lot, but yeah. describe that best as you can for somebody that's a lay person just hearing this. Sure. Yeah, I think. Um <laughs> the simplest way to think about it is just it's the way you view the world. It's the lens that you see all ideas um, through. Mm. And uh, and not just ideas, but behaviors. You know, the way you're always judging behaviors, whether you like it or not. You're saying, mm. um, you know, that was a good decision. That was a bad decision. You're watching people, you know, road rage. You're like, oh, that's bad because why? Oh, because in, in, in the, in the yeah. list and, you know, there's thoughts that trigger down the down the uh, line there in your mind, and that's because of your worldview, the way you mm. view the world. So um, we talk about being raised in America, how you have a certain Judeo-Christian worldview, mm-hmm. or it's a Judeo-Christian values type mm-hmm. of, type of uh, country. And that's because of the worldview of the founding fathers of the of America. They decided to set it up this way. So mm-hmm. you, you kind of have this, whether you know it or not. Right. And it's not a. It's not that people have good or bad worldviews necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's it's the it's like you know it's like toenails. Like everybody's got them, mm. and they they can look different sometimes. Yeah. You know, so you just don't think about toenails, toenails too much. That could be really gross. <laughs> some some people's toenails are pretty gross. <laughs> that metaphor might break down pretty quick. <laughs> Go but, get a pedicure. Um, the it's that idea though. It's um, a foundational way of thinking that you can't. You can't escape. It's not a thing to escape, mm. and I think this might be confusing mm. uh, philosophically for some, yeah. uh, maybe some younger listeners. Like, oh well, I need to make sure I shape my worldview, or mm. I need to make sure I get you know get a worldview. No, mm. you have a worldview. Everyone does. Yeah. You have a way of viewing the world. It's just a matter of what what that is. Yeah. Well, let's let's back that up a little bit. This kind of that train of thought. So I think you defined it well. What a worldview is. There are people. Um, I think there. Are, I think there generally are people, and, and maybe our listeners are not. Um, you know, within this, but they might even tell us. You know, back up a little bit. Uh, you know, do I even have a worldview? You know, do do is that something, or do I just purely? I, I, let me just hypothetically say, here's here's Bob over here saying, you know, I don't have a worldview. I just look at I just look at the facts. That's the way I view things. I don't have a worldview. I and mean, what do you that's what do you great. think about that? What would you say to that? What, what how's that? Yeah, that's yeah. great. I would probably respond, Bob. That is a that is a statement coming from your worldview. It's that simple. I mean, it's you know, it's again, it's inescapable, and it, it's a concept that again, it's like the thought beneath the thought, always. Right. You know, and uh, a worldview. You know, someone saying, "Well, I only believe in facts." Well, that means you're your worldview values what you deem as facts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your another question for your worldview, or according to your worldview, would be which facts are accurate? Do I have information that I can actually bl- count on and mm-hmm. trust, no. believe, you might even say? Um, that all contributes mm-hmm. to your worldview and helps you judge, make judgments upon mm-hmm. ideas and behaviors yeah. in the world. You know, even in a worldview, you could say, I'm, I'm thinking through this hypothetical <coughs> conversation with Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, you I know, like Bob. He's great. <laughs> Bob. Bob's a good guy. He's letting us pick on him. Um, you know, your worldview would say whether you think you have one or not. How do I verify what I believe is factual? Or, you know, um, you know, there's people who are educated, who are well-learned, and saying two different things. 
Um, mm, you know, yeah. so how do I look at those pieces and, and measure that? Um, right. There's a lot to that. All thing. that evaluating that you're talking about, mm-hmm. all that determining of what's valid and what's not mm. has to do with your worldview. That's right. right. The way you view the world, right? So. Well, don't yeah. get too hung up on the terms. <laughs> so, you know, let's say that we can we can go and we can say, okay, so let's see if our listeners can can you know say, hey, we're on board with this. So, um, you know, I have a worldview, you have a worldview. Everybody has some way that they're viewing the world, as you said. Yeah. Um, are there pieces that you have seen? Um, and let's just take, I mean, hey, we're a church in Utah, so let's you know start there. Um, so we do live in the states. We're in the quote. West, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, of the, of the world. Um, you know, what are some of those pieces? You talked a little bit about it, um, you know, with our, you know, founding fathers and things like that. But I mean, what are some of those pieces that maybe just are kind of, quote, baked in to um, the average person? We can just say in, maybe even in the U.S. I would think we should even view. say in Utah. Because, Go for it. Yeah, because, oh man, the U.S. is, is hard. And I don't want to make claims for so many. It's sure. so much easier to say, Hey, here in Utah, I've I've you know I've grown up here. I've done a lot of what I would just you know I'm not going to say I'm like a scholar or, or anything. I'm not doing uh, tests or you know collecting data or anything like that. But um, just thinking philosophically about the predominant religion, thinking philosophically about mm-hmm. how someone grows up thinking and what they're told and maybe shaped by their theology. Theology has so much to do with this with this worldview. Absolutely, yeah. Theology is talking about your foundational ideas, your foundational beliefs. So one that I think is critical and, man, affects everything in your life Mm. is the belief that humans are born good or Mm. born bad. And I think um, in Utah specifically, I run into this all the time. Well, well, I know that people are good. Mm. I know people are foundationally good, and they might not even use terms that are that clear. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. They'll say, well, people are generally good, or I know that he's a good person, or she's mm-hmm. a good person. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the Bible, the truth about reality, mm. states that they're not. Yeah. Everyone is is born sinful. Mm. The Bible says no one is good, not one. Mm-hmm. And the only goodness there is, is, is from God. So That's such a common phrase that I hear. What do you think people 100%. mean? I mean, I hear this from religious people and non-religious people. Why do you think that that's such a common thing to say? Like, people are generally good. I, I hear that all the time. Yeah. Well, I think there is actually a yearning for good. Mm. And a quote, and I think there's a trace in every human um, of the good that they're trying to return to, and that is a communion relationship with God. So mm. every human actually does want to believe that they're good. Yeah. Um, because that means a relationship with God. That means yeah. they get to be close. And... Um, I was just talking about this with Kelly McCoy, my buddy from a pastor from, from California Mm -hmm. about how, um, that, that trace of goodness exposes itself when people are just irreligious. They have no clue, uh, you know, what the gospel actually says or means, but they still, they still, um, echo some of the ideas like, I know everybody's a good person or I know uh, down Mm. deep, down deep, they're mm-hmm. good. You know, that yeah, kind of right, statement. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, they they want good. That's mm-hmm. right. They do desire good. It's mm-hmm. the imprint image of God on everyone. I mean, this moral compass, this idea mm-hmm. that there's a goodness and I need to live like it. Yeah. Does that kind of get where you're thinking? Yeah. I mean, there's lots of... I'm thinking about a lot of things surrounding that. I'm wondering, too... Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I mean... I'm, I'm wondering too. So I've been uh, talking a lot with Pastor Eric. I think our listeners are probably pretty familiar with him if they watch online or listened to this before. Um, Eric's been talking a lot about um, talked about it at our pastors retreat too um, about character. Um, he's going to uh, mm. um, t- uh, basically he's doing some schooling through um, Townsend yeah, Institute. Townsend. Anyways, all that to be said, character is defined by um, the abilities to basically the abilities to cope with reality. It's great definition. and. You know, I wonder, and this could be for some and maybe not for all, but I wonder when, if people say everybody's good or that I know deep down he's good, I'm wondering if there is a deficiency in being able to deal with reality hmm. in that statement. It might be a hmm. stretch, but in the way of saying, I, I know that this is, the situation's messed up. I know that the world is messed up. I know that society has its problems, but deep down, I just can't accept 
that we're all, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. we're all sinful. That's this, <laughs> you know, I'm going to blame it on the system. I'm going to blame it on, you know, whatever. Environment. Yeah, yeah the right. environment, right. And instead, you know, we're kind of trying to stiff arm the idea that deep down I know something is wrong. There's something that is wrong. That's Yeah, broken. Yeah. yeah, and so I wonder if that's part of it too is just, you know, just not not quite being able to, to get to that point. Because um, the reality of the gospel is quite... Um, I don't know if startling is not the right word. It's it's pretty uh, bold, you know, to say, hey, there's sure. no one good, not even one. It's like, oh, okay. And that's pretty definitive. That includes me. And yeah. that, that's not fun to hear and not fun to think about as uh, mm-hmm. as a reality of my experience. Like that, yeah. is, that hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it's just so critical and foundational to the gospel, though. Yes, yes. And this is how, this it helps, again, going back to worldview, this helps explain... Um, in a worldview sense, what you kind of know to be true. Hmm. Does that make sense? Like yeah. you kind of know, you already know this is true. Like people mm-hmm. actually aren't good. Like, come on, give, just look yeah. at a five-year-old who, you know, <laughs> they, they're naturally bent towards yeah. sin constantly and selfishness yeah. and me first and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So a Christian worldview does a really good job of helping make sense mm-hmm. of that um, what is it? What I don't know. Theology, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's funny that you were talking about you know a younger person. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking about this the other day. Speaking of you know being a, a sinful person, uh, you know I always use the analogy of like, hey, yeah, five year old, you didn't have to teach your boys how to <laughs> hit each other or how to be selfish or how to. I don't know what other examples you want. Be loud when I tell them to be quiet. Right, exactly. I have to teach them how to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they just did that naturally. And I even thought to myself, this happened just two nights ago. I was really tired and I was getting frustrated with something. And like my wife told me, she's like, you like basically had a meltdown. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, no, no, that's true. Kind of like, you know, I'm tired. Like it's it's not, it's what naturally comes when I'm tired and letting my, you know, my guard down is I just become, you know, like probably like any person I've become very, yeah, short. Short. Like, uh, we could even just say childlike. Like you know, you know, you just revert back to what's natural when yeah. you're not like guarding against that. So, hundred oh, percent. Just another thing that I've, I've talked to different people about. Like yeah, those those things you don't have to try very hard at. What do you What do you have to <laughs> What do you have to oh, actually man. put effort into? It's the go to move. Hundred percent. It's the natural state of being is selfish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. this is why there's so much discipline. Your flesh talk and one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is self-control. I was literally mm-hmm. thinking about mm-hmm. this this morning. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I think I need to just pray mm. <laughs> for self-control because sure. my natural state of being is to just be full-blown selfish. Uh, yeah. Me, yeah, yeah. me, me, me. Yep. Anyway, that's well, another tangent. Yeah. So, I, yeah. And I, you know, we're kind of talking about different ideas around this, but back to, back to worldview. Sure. Um, you know, I think we've pretty well for for as much as we can on a short form media like a podcast yeah. <laughs> we're not not joe rogan here going not for four f- hours philosophers yeah we're philosophers um but anyways um so with the worldview i said before and kind of teased you know there is a this is a pretty important thing uh it's important for everybody but i think it's definitely important for people in our age demographic um and I think that you would tend to agree with that as well, just in terms of, um, I think, just everything that is going on and everything that even, you know, like I said, the year 2020 just accelerated a lot of things. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, what what do you think as you're, as you're with these people, and we have some of the same friends, we have some, mm-hmm. you know, we know some of the same people. Um, <clears throat> but, I mean, people in our space of our, like I said, age demographic, I mean, what do you think is happening with 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 this specific, quote, person? Um, and their worldview um, as, you know, as they're growing up. And, you know, um, I guess the question I'm trying to ask is why is it important, especially for for that person to understand what a worldview is? I mean, well, yeah, I just want to back up a tiny bit because Mm -hmm. first of all, um, I'm in, I'm in couples therapy, me and my wife, we go to couples therapy Mm -hmm. and (laughs) every dude knows it's so uncomfortable to go to therapy like there is something about it that is just so uncomfortable and there's a fear there there's like a low level fear and you know guys don't want to call it fear they want to call it something else they want to call it like inconvenience or something I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but yeah. it is totally scary because you're thinking about your intentions constantly mm-hmm. and they're being exposed mm-hmm. you are you are going there to expose your intentions and it's so honest but it's so good mm-hmm. and i think something is similar with a worldview Mm. where you're analyzing your own thoughts. You're thinking about your thoughts. 
And there's something scary, just bottom line scary about yeah. that. And I'm, you know, I'm thinking about some of the people in my, in my world who um, just won't go there. They just mm-hmm. will not ever go there because it's so um, scary to, to kind of like open the door and see what's in that room. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if I actually start to think about my thoughts, then I'll be exposed for what I actually am. I'll actually yeah. see what's actually down there, and it's not pretty. I already know it's not pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just yeah. going to keep that door closed. I'm not ever going to analyze my worldview. I'm not ever going to think about my thoughts or think about my ideas. Mm-hmm. Step back and say, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. You know evaluate, what I'm saying? To evaluate them. Yeah. Where, why did I Why did I respond like that? Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. down deep that's kind of bubbling up and coming mm-hmm. out? That is like, that is scary. And especially if you're a parent, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, all I want to do as a parent is model how to be a great person because I really want my kid to turn out great. I want right. to stand on my shoulders. Yeah. You know, I'm down there. I'm down here. They get to just be lifted up. Yeah. But if you're like, oh man, I'm kind of crappy. <laughs> then it's like, oh no, I I might fail at this. Yeah. The answer is yes, you will fail at this. They will mm. have, they will be broken by something. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Um, hmm. you know, so there is a there's a total insecurity and fear. Yeah. To analyze your worldview, but to your question, mm. which was why is this important? Right? Is yeah. That kind why? Of a, yeah. I mean, why is it so important? Yeah. Just in general, why is it so important? I mean. That it's important to each person, just I think because if you don't analyze your worldview, let me put, let me t- turn the question that way. Mm-hmm. If you don't analyze your worldview, mm-hmm. um, you're never going to ask why, I guess, and mm-hmm. you're never going to know uh, kind of some of the deeper realities of the human experience, especially your own. Mm. Um, your relationships can't be rich. Um, mm. explain, you know, information and explanation is what creates some depth. So yeah. the, the deeper your relationships, I'm sorry, the deeper your conversations go about the why behind the what, the uh, more interesting, more rich your relationships can be. That's just one. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, right. uh, you know, probably, probably the biggest one is the biggest why, like, why do I do anything? What mm-hmm. is the purpose of this life? Mm-hmm. Why am I, Why am I here? here? Yeah, that question—that's a worldview question. Yeah, um, because if you're actually trying to influence your own worldview, you have to ask the question: What is the reason for mm-hmm. any of this? Right. You know. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, so I think I can like sense the other side of the podcast in like mm-hmm. as I'm in your ears right now. I can like sense the anxiety. Like, I can't even start to think about why. Is there something and not nothing? nothing. Yeah. Just a huge question, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's such a worldview shaping question. If if I come up with a new answer or a different answer, it's mm-hmm. going to shake the foundation of my life so much that yeah. I'll have to change the other pieces. Yeah, I I will have I'll either live with inconsistency um, my whole life because mm-hmm. I'll believe one thing and and act another way. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh dang it, there's a term for that. I can't remember right now. Anyway, mm-hmm. philosophical term. I'll think one way, act a different way. Mm-hmm. Somebody on podcast comment or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, or I will have to radically change the way I live. Right. To be right. consistent. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things I was thinking about as you were talking about that, um, talk about couples therapy or whatever counseling, whatever you want <laughs> yeah. to call it. Um, I call it therapy to make it sound <laughs> scary. <laughs> you know, I've I've done uh, I do counseling for myself right now. I've gone to counseling with my wife as well. The word that I was thinking of is vulnerability. Oh yeah, That's you great. know, looking, having to evaluate or even recognize um, your worldview is a very vulnerable position. Totally, because like you said. Um, it's uh it can it can break down that foundation of all the other pieces on it. I've seen uh this is kind of a tangent, but I've seen on uh TikTok this one uh thing that I think is so cool. I can't remember where it is. I think it's in Ireland that they're doing it. They're building this huge, huge they're taking all of these uh you know pallets, the wood pallets. Yeah. Taking I don't know how many, probably hundreds of thousands they're taking. They're building this huge, huge the, the basically they want to set a record for the biggest bonfire ever. <laughs> okay. And uh, you know, I bet you it's oh, I think I've seen this, yeah. Yeah, I bet you it's like ten to fifteen stories high, you know, yeah, this bonfire. Anyways, huge, and, yeah. you know, when when you get vulnerable and you have to examine your worldview, whether you even had one before or not, and you're starting to do is you're starting to either examine or pull out 
some of those mm. pallets that are on the bottom. Oh, that's so good. And the yeah. pieces that are on the top that are your day-to-day living, day-to-day thoughts, how do I act, why do I act, um, what do I think is important throughout the day, are those pieces on the top that start falling off. Right, um, right, right. And so it's it can be uncomfortable to have to look at those things, to have to examine all of that. And, um, mm-hmm. and yet it's so important because um, at the same time, I think – I think deep down, even if we're afraid of it or not, you know, we, we do want, well, maybe not everybody, but I think a lot of people do want to know what is the truth about reality. Some people don't. So. Some people do. I mean, you, I would say some people in Utah maybe don't. I think what people want to know more than that, and this is, I'm, I'm ripping this right off mm-hmm. from, um, I almost said my dad's nick. I have a nickname for my dad. I don't want to say it on here. <laughs> uh, what I, I'm ripping it right off. Paul Roby's uh, living FDFD right. study yep. is everyone is on a happiness yes, quest. quest. Yep. Whether you like it or not, you mm-hmm. want to be happy. If yes. you don't, you might be masochistic or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. you have something. You have something off. You know, chemically yep. in your brain. So everybody, <laughs> generally speaking, wants to be happy. They're mm-hmm. all looking for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And. Uh, if you if you have to rock your your worldview, mm-hmm. um, you, you you could disturb some of that happiness at first. But yeah, at the, first, yep. The goal is to find true, satisfying happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, fulfillment in life. So yeah, it's funny that you said that. I literally have in my my notes no right now. Search for happiness. I wrote it down because I was like, I remember that quote too from Heck that yeah. from that from that book. So yeah, and it's and it's interesting even what you said. Um, I was thinking about this. This always stuck out to, stuck out to me. This is from like ten years ago. My, um, my mom, who is also a, a Christ follower, mm-hmm. she um has always she's great. She has the the gift of evangelism. She's just you know loves telling people about oh, Jesus. Awesome. She's just very you know that's just natural, very natural to her. Yeah. And um, do always has conversations with different people. But she had a conversation with um, uh, somebody that she knew. And knew pretty well and talking about Jesus and all these things. And, and um, the lady she was talking to just said, yeah, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, it makes sense. Hmm. She said, I'm just, and I'm paraphrasing, but she said, I just, I'm not sure if I, you know, want to believe that or, or can, can accept believing that because it would really change my life a lot. Oh man, what a great response! You know, and I'm like, well, props. <laughs> She's right to her, yeah, for recognizing There's that reality. Honesty. There's some honesty there yeah. to you know to engage with that idea that maybe my worldview isn't exactly right, and then maybe maybe this worldview is. Um, I would have to change a lot. Would exactly, change a lot of things. Um, so it's interesting. I think uh, you know, I'm thinking about um, like if someone's listening to this podcast, they're like, I'm not a Christian. I'm not really that interested, even. Mm-hmm. in this, mm-hmm. the compelling reason. And I think this is what really got me when I was like 18, 19, mm-hmm. um, digging into why, why even care? Like, yeah. Come on. Right. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of popular to be apathetic. Like right. I'd rather just yeah. like, you know, go my own, go my own way, do mm-hmm. my own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, is be, is, is because I think at some point, if you, you know, to admit you are on a happiness quest means you are now going to analyze the quality of your life based upon its ability to make you happy. Mm. Like, can I be happy with the things that I'm doing? And to live in consistency, inconsistently, mm-hmm. take it from the hypocrite in high school, uh-huh. is sh- it's a life of shame, and it's mm. horrible. Mm. It's so, so exhausting, first of all. Mm. Um, second of all, your relationships just become cheap and poor. Like you just can't have this rich, full life mm-hmm. if you're living inconsistently. Yeah. So if an example would be like, deep down, I know that I should always tell the truth. I know that's always good. Mm-hmm. But you're a business owner and sometimes you cheat people to make a little more money. Mm-hmm. Like that's an example of like, yeah. well, I'm kind of inconsistent there. Mm-hmm. I let people believe something that's not really true a lot. Mm. Maybe I'll say something that is like a half truth so that I can like maybe get a little more on this deal or whatever. Right. Right. Um, that is an example of like, well, ne- years of that mm-hmm. will create a horrible callus over your heart. Mm-hmm. And you'll just start to either, either you'll excuse away the morality and you'll mm-hmm. say, I don't need to live this way anymore. That's actually not valuable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, think of the implications of that, a world of that. Think yeah. of the implications of the world that where people just say, you know what, morality, 
it's actually not that important. Mm. We might even start be starting to see it here in our country right now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the implications of that thought. Or you'll say, um, um, I'm living so inc- inconsistently that it's not worth doing business well anymore. Forget it. I'm just going to... Yeah. I'm just not even going to do business or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it must be the business's fault yeah. that I can't do this. You'll blame something. Right. You know? Owning a business is always going to make you corrupt or something. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. well, it's the business that makes you corrupt. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. You you can do this well. Mm-hmm. There's just a matter of changing, you know, your worldview to mm-hmm. accurately match your life. Yeah. Yeah. Or the other way around. Match your life yeah. to your worldview. Yeah. You know, it, it's. I was just. I'm thinking through all that we've talked about. Um, I hope that I can put this caveat out there, and and um, I hopefully people will hear this part. As we're talking about these things, it's not me and Ben uh, looking down on people. Uh, I hope people can oh, understand because I know even the, made the comment of you know I think some people in Utah maybe aren't um, maybe searching for um, reality, and I'm not saying that as like a as oh, a yeah. as a cut at people or anything like that. But um, you know, I think that we have observed um people uh, and you've been here way longer than i have um but sometimes there is this this really huge tension of um for some people in the prominent religion here in utah of i'm pretty sure you know this isn't uh true um i maybe seen some things where i'm like wow this has really opened Mm -hmm. up my eyes to something else and yet in their minds the cost you know maybe is too much to to start working through those things. They'd rather not touch the okay. bottom pieces. Okay. okay. <laughs> I got to share a quote that is like the greatest quote of all time. My brother moved into this, like uh, this little complex mm-hmm. um, where I was living actually, um, just a street, a private street, you know, mm-hmm. and he moved in, met his neighbors. His neighbors are like 30 years older than him. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, they're talking and Evan tells them, you know, we go to South Mountain Community Church just down the street. And uh, they go, oh yeah, well we're we are that religion. Um, I'm just being careful to protect mm-hmm. people here. We're, yeah. we're we're of that religion. We just don't believe it. Right. That opened mm-hmm. my eyes, and it was so helpful. It's like, oh, you think you can be a part of this religious belief system, mm-hmm. belief system mm-hmm. without the belief part? Yeah. Like I just get all the benefits of this. Uh, right. Of this culture, really. Right. Right. <laughs> without believing any of it. Yeah. Well, I think even diving deeper into it, because that we asked that question how long ever long ago, ten minutes ago that was for people our age. And I'm <clears throat> I'm thinking in my mind, mm-hmm. my wife works for um a, a prominent tech company mm-hmm. in the in the Lehigh area. And back when she was going into the office, um, you know, we're always <laughs> interacting with a lot of people and she had a lot of uh friends, still has a lot of friends there. But anyways, how many people she observed um, being of that prominent religion, um, it, and again, in their these were people in their you know tw- early twenties, right? Yeah. You know, younger people, yeah. um, who yes were a part of that, but really very believe very minimally about it. Like you know, they believe you know this tiny bit amount, and hey. and, and you know, and the, we're a part yeah. of a huge part, you know. This you is Christians too. Let's not like absolutely. <laughs> hey, yeah, and that that's a, that's a great isolated. thing. Yeah. No, no. I mean, this happens across the board. I think in our context, we see it, you know, a lot here. But yes, absolutely, that can happen. And we in should say that I'll, right alongside. Like, yep, this is normal to to be so casual mm-hmm. about your belief system that um, <laughs> a it influences nothing about your life, mm. and you'll just consume it. Mm-hmm. Like a commodity, like it just gives right. you things. That's all it does. Right. It's never right. an authority. Mm-hmm. Always a commodity. Mm-hmm. Like so interesting how you can just wear it like a jacket and take it off. Yes. When you want, you know. And even on the flip, you know, really to your point, where my wife grew up, that was a lot of what she saw. Mm, yeah, yeah. So you know, where she grew up, the prominent religion was Christianity, yeah. and there'd be tons and tons and tons of people who would identify with that but yet you know the the, it hadn't fully really hit that reality this really does change everything about my life it changes the way i interact with people changes the way i interact with my family my spouse with my money with my i could go on and on on it impacts all those pieces Um, it means your worldview says um religion is a nice thing to 
have it's a nice added add-on. to your life. That's right. right. Yes. Yes. That's your. That's how your worldview would explain religion, quote unquote mm-hmm. religion. I don't. Yeah. I don't like calling Christianity a religion, but definitionally, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. 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 It is so much beyond the cheap way you talk about religions, like world religions class. Like it's mm-hmm. so much more than that, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, your worldview would explain that behavior by saying, yeah. well, yeah, it's just a. Uh, it's just a nice add-on to your well, life. Whether that is your worldview or not, yeah, I mean, it <laughs> explains how you, you know, do <laughs> consciously or subconsciously, you know, view the world. That yes, yeah. religion is. I have a, you know, some things I believe about my life, and then religion kind of just adds on to that, and it's an it's an accessory. Yeah, it's salt and pepper. Yeah, right on to yeah, what I'm doing. To, right to the meal for sure. Yeah. I'm so glad you you said something. Oh man, just a second ago. And I can't remember what it was. Hey, guys, <laughs> rewind and, and listen to what Adam said. That's why I got a notepad in front of me. That's smart. <laughs> I knew that would happen eventually. Huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, and I guess in a way, you know, we have been discussing them here and there, um, this idea of, you know, kind of, and we don't have a lot of time left, but even just, I mean, I guess in a way we are describing deconstruction to, to some degree. Or Yeah, I want to hit on that for sure. Yeah, I mean, and, and we it's funny, we, <laughs> we I hear this term thrown around the the idea of deconstruction i'm not talking about tearing down a building although in some ways maybe there's some <laughs> there's some similarities there but i mean when you when you say that ben yeah what what are you saying when you say no, yeah. deconstructing it's like <laughs> well oh man first of all words have meaning okay mm-hmm. words do have meaning and definitions are critical and my philosophy teacher in college taught me this yeah. if yeah. you the first step of philosophy is to define your terms. You have to define your terms. Yes. And if you're ever confused by what somebody's saying ever in the world, you can just say, hey, please define that for me. Like, I want to make sure I understand you. I want to honor you enough to understand what you're talking about. Yeah. So thank you for asking me what I mean by de- uh, deconstructionism <laughs> or deconstruction. Yes. Um, in this, in the way we're talking about it right now, I think it means dismantling. Like, it's actually can be substituted for the word dismantling of, of your faith. Mm. And it really, it really means reframing the experiences you've, you've had to mm. be, let's say, like, um, so let's say a good example of someone deconstructing would probably be like, well, back when I was in junior high, um, I, I had sex with my boyfriend, uh, you know, and my leader said, hey, you, you shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Maybe they didn't say it perfectly. They didn't say it kindly. They just right. said, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. And it like struck them. And I'm actually going to reframe that experience as oppressive. My leader right. was oppressing me. Right. Um, and not letting me live a free life. Hmm. That would be, it's it's like a re, again, a reframing or a re, re, um, examining of your faith experiences growing mm-hmm. up or mm-hmm. even beliefs. Yeah. So someone who's deconstructing, I think in this moment in history and culture, because mm-hmm. it'll probably, probably mean something different in six months. Yeah. But in this moment, it really means someone who is um, choosing to reinterpret their faith um, in a way that doesn't hold them accountable to anything mm. that the gospel requires of them or asks of them even. Sure. Um, so it's really, a, it's really a dismantling of your Christianity. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend like you can deconstruct and still be a Christian. If Jesus no longer has authority in your life, then you're mm-hmm. not a Christian. Like it's mm-hmm. just that simple. Right. Um, and, right. and we shouldn't try to, you know, squeeze a square peg into a round hole yeah. that way. So, well, it's interesting. My, my comment on that as I've, as I've observed this more and more is, um, you know, you you have the freedom to believe what you want to believe, but what is happening a lot uh, through through sometimes through deconstruction mm-hmm. is that people want to say that they still ha- um, are identifying as a Christ follower, but yet have moved yeah. so far off the ball. I was just talking with um, Nick Crook about this not that long ago, but oh, cool. somebody that was saying that they were middle school pastor. Yeah, yeah. middle school pastor here, we, and we found on the show. I think it was episode one of this. Oh, cool. Season, okay, yeah. people know this guy. Yeah, and um. <laughs> And yeah, and it's like, I know what he's saying, and I know he's saying he's a Christ follower, but I'm saying, you can believe all those things, but this is not, you're not even in Christianity anymore. I'm making circles with my hands, but... This is why worldview is so important, yeah. Yeah, 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 because it's like... It's, it's foundational, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, call it, call, it some, call it a new religion that you made up then, I don't know. Yeah, it's you know? like new age, yeah. it really is like a new age um, type of religion mm-hmm. that's so subjective. It's almost like, 
<laughs> it's it's breaking philosophical rules, but it, mm-hmm. it does this. Yeah. Like um, n- no uh, like no truth is objective. Well, that's a subject. Right. That's an objective claim. Yep. Does that claim apply to itself? Correct. Know? Yes. It's it's and it is postmodernism in its mm-hmm. nature. Yep. Um, yep. So, yeah. and I want to, oh man, I, I finished talking there a little bit ago and I thought, oh, that was a, maybe a little harsh. So let me just, this is not the same as questioning or doubting even. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I want to make a clear cut line, man, I am constantly questioning constantly. Mm-hmm. I would even say doubting, mm-hmm. um, at maybe little tiny, you know, little, little outskirt elements of my faith. Now, mm-hmm. if you never land on certainty, then you'll never be free. It's almost sure. like you never have. Um, and you, you never have the uh, the peace of God. Mm-hmm. You need mm-hmm. to actually become, um, you need to cross cross some kind of threshold where you are, quote unquote, certain. Um, we would just call that having faith. You mm-hmm. actually have faith. Mm-hmm. Um, you believe and you trust. Like I'm trusting yep. in this chair right now. I'm sitting down all the way. And all of my weight is on that. Mm-hmm. All of my trust is in the chair to hold me up. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to sit down. Mm-hmm. into Christianity if you're going to be a Christ follower who yep. experiences joy, love, peace. You have to experience mm-hmm. all these things. So, again, this is not the same as questioning, doubting. I'm actually, I, yeah. At least I am drawing a distinction. I don't know if someone who is actually deconstructing their faith would draw, draw a distinction. Let me say real mm-hmm. quick, I had a buddy who I went to lunch with recently who was talking about deconstruction. deconstructing. We were having a good conversation about this, and he says, you know, I think I am deconstructing, but I'm actually just deconstructing the false beliefs that I had mm. about Christianity. Interesting. This is a guy who came out of a different religion into a, into into Christianity, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what, dude, rock and roll, keep mm-hmm. going. Mm-hmm. That, that's great. Like oh. you, you're actually redefining deconstructionism sure, to do sure. that. Yeah, yeah. You're not deconstructing like like <laughs> what would be talked about right now, um, and that's great. Yeah. Like do that. Yeah. That is wonderful. That's a great thing, great road to walk down. Hey, mm-hmm. what are the beliefs I have? that are not actually biblical that I thought were. Mm. That's so common. Yeah. Like, oh, I, th- I thought that was in the Bible. Oh, turns out it's not. And I'm right. living my life according to something that's not true. Like, Yeah. You know, going back to, I mean, I guess we're still on about deconstruction, deconstructing. Um, Out of coffee. That's okay. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Is, um, I think I've seen this a lot. And again, I'm referring to uh, just... I'm just saying, uh, generally speaking, yeah. people in my age group. I'm not even necessarily thinking of anyone specific. But okay. I see this generally. I think sometimes people deconstruct as well because um, they believe, you know, X, Y, Z, um, and they have, and and um, and you know, it's part of Christianity. I'm just gonna, you know, say that whatever it is that we're yeah. talking about. But yeah, yeah. then what happens is sometimes deconstructing can also be um, triggered or, or brought about by culture changing oh totally you know i'm almost 30 and how much culture has changed totally. <laughs> just so often even in just 30 years but deconstructing because it's like well culture no longer says this it used to be it used to be i was going with the flow now i'm going against the flow so yes. now i'm so now i'm breaking down these pieces and now trying you mm. know like that's super common as well totally i mean i don't want to I don't want to pull away from that entirely, but it's like this culture is just like, it's like moving with a wave machine. Like it's just mm-hmm. going up and down and, and fluid. And it could be, it could be anything at any time. And, mm-hmm. um, this is, this is why, um, you know, objective truth is such a critical element to someone's worldview. If mm-hmm. you, and this postmodernistic culture, this postmodernism that we're kind of getting into, um, where truth doesn't really matter. So dangerous. It, first of all, it falls apart. Um, let me tell a quick story. Mm-hmm. And I think this is so good for this type of podcast. Um, I was listening to a YouTube video. Man, I don't read, but I watch YouTube like like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and listen to, um, I don't want to give it away right now, yeah, but sure. uh, I'm, I'm listening to a guy talking about how postmodernism is kind of taken over. He's talking about um, Notre Dame. Okay. And they're, they're, they built a an architecture building like the school of architecture mm-hmm. um, based on what would be considered postmodernist postmodernism uh, postmodernistic like ideals like yeah. hey we want to mm-hmm. have a building that just is is no doesn't follow any rules like there's yeah. hallways that go to a dead end and stairs uh. that go up and then back down like there's right, no right. there's no rhyme okay. or reason 
you know, we want to just be free and liberated from any of the rules sure. of yeah. architecture. So this right. building is like crooked and like really weird looking. There's like beams sticking out of the roof and stuff. And like, it's really kind of weird. And, and, you know, some would say it's very free. Like it's just no rules. You can do whatever you want to the, to building the building. And mm-hmm. this guy makes a point. He said, I bet they didn't do that with the foundation. I bet Ooh. they didn't do that with, when they laid the concrete to build the building on top of. Oh, that is so, that is super interesting. Isn't that like, I mean, I'm getting chills. Like that I, Me too. <laughs> that is such an interesting thought. So because smart. that top lane <clears throat> pieces can, to some degree, do whatever they want to do. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they can, they can kind of, you know, um, like almost like a facade. Like there's pieces that yeah. are, it just looks a certain way. But you're right, you know, um, are they going to build on a foundation that two years from now is going to start um, buckling and cracking and totally. bending? And that is so interesting. Yeah. So like the, I mean, to bring it back to to the person who is deconstructing in the classic way that I was kind of de- describing, mm-hmm. the you're deconstructing your faith based on mm-hmm. a, a um, laws of logic view of mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. You're using these immaterial, mm-hmm. non-spatial um, laws of logic to do all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, some some Christian philosophers describe it as sitting on God's lap to slap him in the face. Yes, yes, I've heard that too. You yes. know that's yeah. this term? Yep. So this is a very um, nonsensical... You have mm-hmm. to use some like some mm-hmm. like magic here, like some smoke and mirrors to be able to actually, you know, how do I like criticize the thing that mm-hmm. the the only reason you can criticize this faith is to use the faith to criticize. Yeah, it. to use some of those pieces. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, dude, that analogy. Well, not even analogy. It's gold. I that I, that me. is so interesting. Man, wow. I should credit him. Crap. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, the, the, I'm sure they can look it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But wow, that is man, what a so helpful. Good thought to end on there. I mean, we're just about at our time. But let me give one more thing. Yeah, go for I, it. I want to make sure I was thinking about it before this morning when I was driving up. Yeah, uh, a great question to ask yourself if you are de- deconstructing, and maybe if you know somebody mm-hmm. who's deconstructing, you can ask them this: How much of this process for you mm-hmm. is emotional? Mm. What percentage okay. is emotional and what percentage is theological? Mm. If it's emotional, you you cannot have emotions toward an organization. You can have emo- emotions about an organization, but mm. an organization does not offend you. Mm. A person offends you. Mm. A person wrote the tweet. A person a person made the commercial. Mm. A person a person said the thing from the front. A mm. person criticized you in junior high. A person Right. right. Maybe even uh, maybe even the person of Jesus, but we can talk about that and analyze the person yeah. of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That that's a that's an emotional response. Theological, mm. if it's a theological issue, we can. I mean, that's gravy. Like we can mm-hmm. deal with that. Yeah. I like that. We can yeah. use that. Like, hey, let's dig in to the theology. That's mm-hmm. great. Let's see where you disagree, because I probably have some theological issues too. Yeah. Let's dive in. And open that up. That's mm-hmm. worth analyzing. Absolutely. Like, that's concrete enough. Yeah. So if you can answer that question, how much of my of my beef is emotional? Mm-hmm. And that's probably with a person. What person? Can mm-hmm. I actually think about what person that was? Or theological. What does it teach? Wow. And is, is what I'm believing about the teaching actually accurate? Or is it something else? Yeah. Anyway, thanks that's, for letting me no, say that. Great comment there. And, you know, I'm, I'm still thinking, you know, I just want to end with this. And I know you would agree to... We wanted to be, you know, sensitive with this topic. We wanted to deal yeah. with it with truth and grace. Um, and really, truly, you know, we're using just generalizations. I don't want you to think That's describing true. every person in this group, every person that lives here, every person that believes this. You know, there's right. some, pe- you know, it, there's some people that that um, that this that this flows. So, just understand that um, we just wanted to be able to think well and use um, some experiences and examples that we've run into totally. and talk through that. But uh, ultimately understand what you think and why you think, i.e. your worldview, um, and be able to process that. So, well, Ben, thank you so much for being on this uh, episode and, uh, just appreciate your, your time. I hope that it was, our listeners enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it. So thanks for being on. Absolutely. 
listeners, thank you for being here today and, uh, and just checking us out. Um, just, uh, again, thankful for those of you that have shared, reviewed all these things. Like we said last week, two weeks ago, really with Pastor Eric, uh, are at over 10,000 downloads of this podcast and, uh, just really thankful for you guys as being the ones who are making that happen. So thank you so much for that. Um, we will be back next week with our final episode of season four. Uh, kind of save the best for last. Got a special guest for that. So make sure that you're tuned in for that, that you're subscribed. And uh, we'll see you again then. Take care. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe, give us a rating, or share with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit our website at smccutah.org. Thanks again for trusting us with your time, and we hope to have you back again soon.